0: Hey friends, I want to welcome you all from wherever you're tuning in right now. Whether you're online at heritageqc.com, maybe one of our brothers at our Kwani Center campus at the Kwani Life Skills Reentry Center, or maybe you're connecting with us through our local television station of KWQC and one of their channels. It's great to spend a few moments with you. You and your loved ones have actually been a consistent part of my prayer times in this season. I've been praying for protection, for strength, for provision, but also for peace of mind. I really do hope you're doing well in this season, especially as all these dynamics have lingered a bit longer than any one of us would have ever hoped. But even though we've not been able to gather in physical space together, I am truly grateful for the ongoing opportunity to connect remotely. Yet, in light of some of the new guidance and and recommendations around restrictions and personal protection, some of you may be wondering when Heritage will reopen our buildings and resume our in-person gatherings. Well, as many of you know, Heritage is one church in multiple locations, and we bridge multiple states, multiple counties, and cities as well. And I want you to know that we continue to pray and process when and how to safely reopen and engage once again in our in-person worship gatherings. See, although some restrictions have been lifted in some areas, at this time, none of that applies to any of our locations. Yet we wanna be a people who continue to serve as part of the solution and not part of the problem. And as ongoing guidance indicates, we want to make sure we're taking reasonable measures to avoid exposure and to reduce unnecessary risk especially for those who are more vulnerable and social distancing and staying at home still remains some of the most effective means of doing that therefore in an effort to serve the well-being of our communities and to love our neighbors well and again to be part of the solution and not part of the problem our heritage buildings will remain closed for the time being And we will continue to offer worship services on our local television channels, as well as online. We'll keep you informed of our next steps as we continue to process new guidance and information in the days ahead. But until we're able to return into space together, we're also going to continue to serve and love our communities just as we've been doing for the past few weeks. In fact, if you want to be part of that, I encourage you to go to HeritageQC.com and let us know you want to help or let us know that you're in need of help. We are in this thing together, and we are more together, even though we are apart. I look forward to when we will once again be together, but until then, know that I love you, know that I'm praying for you, and that I'm proud of you. That you continue to be a people who not just look to your own interests, but also to the interests of others as you remain faithful to Jesus and His church. So, can't wait to see you when we get back together in the days ahead.
1: Friends, I don't know what kind of week you've had, but we are so grateful that you are joining with us in this space, in this time, to worship our loving Father. I want you to know that we've been praying for you um, and that as we as we worship together, as we read scripture together, as we spend time in God's word, um, it is our hope and prayer that you feel encouraged, that you feel equipped, and that you feel empowered to live Um, strongly declaring the truth that God loves you, that God is for you, that you are a beloved child of the Most High God. Um, We're going to sing some awesome songs together. Um, One of them talks about praise um, literally being a weapon, a way that we can equip ourselves to stand strong in in the world. Te adoramos Dios. We praise you, oh God. We're going to declare that together. And so I invite you to take a posture that that is strong in that. And So if you're in a space where you can stand, I invite you to do that. Um, If you don't want to stand, that's okay. But um, I want all of us right now to just take a deep breath in and breathe in and receive the presence of Father, Son, and Spirit. We know that you are with us and we welcome you. And as we take that breath in, we breathe out worry and fear and anxiety, and we receive peace and joy and love. Let's praise him together.
2: worthy. Let's lift up our praise to him. Let praise be a weapon. Let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy.
3: Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise. Let praise arise. Tu nombre canto ilumbras to I've sí, no, sí, no.
4: fail my God you never will I need you to soften my heart and break me apart I need you to open my eyes to see that you're shaping
2: Would you pray with me? Father, we declare that truth today. That you are strong in us, that you are above all things, our hurts, our worries, our anxiety, our sickness. You are above it all. Father, and you are faithful. That you are a good and loving father. So God, we trust you. We put our faith and our hope in you and we find our rest in you and you alone. So God, continue to teach, continue to speak to us as we hear your word. Father, we love you. Everybody said, amen.
5: When circumstances are overwhelming, we can feel like it's impossible to think about anything else. But the invitation we're given is to fix our eyes on Jesus. Join us as we explore what it means to look up and hold on to the never-changing, always active promises of God I lift my eyes to the mountains where does my help come from my help comes from the Lord God the one who made all things
6: Hey friends, it is so good to be with you in this Easter season, the season of resurrection where we remember that Jesus is alive, and because He is alive, we have hope in every circumstance. It's our prayer that you're sensing and living in that hope even now, today. You know, I remember the very first house I can recall growing up in as a little boy. That little house was a single wide trailer in a valley surrounded by mountains. And the thing I remember most about that tiny little house was how cold it would get in the wintertime. You see, these great big winter storms would come in off of the mountains and the wind would cut through everything. That little trailer would bounce and bump and bang, and the wind would rattle every part of it until it felt like the whole house itself was just going to disappear. What was worse is we didn't even have a really great heating system in it. We had a tiny little wood stove for the tiny little house that worked most of the time. But I remember on those cold winter nights, as the house was making all kinds of noise and it felt like everything was going to crash around us, climbing up into the top bunk in the bedroom I shared with my brother and crawling under homemade thick quilts and blankets. And then I would fall asleep, confident that everything would be okay. I felt so safe. My mom was in the room next door, my brother in the room with me, and there was something about being there, even hearing the storm rage around me, where I felt like everything was going to be okay. After all, we'd been through storms and problems before, and we always came out okay on the other side, and with my family around, it was going to be alright. You know, there have been moments in this season where I feel like I could give up just about anything. To have that same sense of safety and security, knowing that everything will be okay. If I could just go back to that space and wrap myself up under those thick and heavy blankets and feel like everything was going to be all right. And my guess is that you've had some of those same moments in this season too, as the world faces things we've never faced before. We all need to feel safe. That's a truth that's real for each and every one of us, no matter what we're facing. We all need to feel safe. In fact, scientists and psychologists tell us that if we don't feel safe, then we're not willing to have conversation, we're not willing to risk, we're not even willing to step into relationship with others. We all need to feel safe. And I believe God is the one who has planted that desire for safety deep within us. And He's done that because He wants to be the one true fulfillment of what is safe and secure for us. But a lot of times, we misplace our search for that safety and security. Instead, we wrap ourselves up in the thick and heavy blankets of our wealth or our health or our family or our home. And the problem is that when the storms of life come, and they come, they have this funny way of cutting through everything and revealing what is broken and what is missing. And I think some of us have discovered that fresh and new even in these days. So how is it that you and I can find that place of safety that we long for when it seems like everything we do to try to build it can be compromised in the storms of life? Well, there's actually a passage of Scripture in Psalm 125, where the writer is declaring where this place of safety is and a little bit of how you and I are able to experience it even here and now. So, I'm going to read that Psalm to us now. It's Psalm, again, 125, and this is what it says. Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but will endure forever. Just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people, both now and forever. The wicked will not rule the land of the godly, for the godly might be tempted to do wrong. O Lord, do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with You. But banish those who turn to crooked ways, O Lord. Take them away with those who do evil. May Israel have peace. You know, at the very heart of that passage of Scripture is a truth for each of us, all of us who are looking for that place of safety and security. It's actually a truth that runs through all of Scripture, but it seems to be on full display right here in Psalm 125. The reality is that we see here, it's that we are safe in God's presence and purpose. You and I are safe in God's presence and purpose. In fact, at the very beginning of that passage of Scripture, the psalmist says, Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. Those who trust in the Lord are as safe and secure as a mountain that cannot be moved. And you know, the word at the very beginning there for trust actually means to feel safe. So you could read it this way. Those who feel safe in the Lord are secure. Those who feel safe in the Lord will not be defeated, but will endure forever. Those who feel safe in the Lord can stand up and stand out regardless of circumstance, confident that God is with them, that He will do what only He can do. But again, that brings me to the question of, well, then how do I feel that safety? How do I feel safe in the midst of what seems crazy and difficult? And even when things are normal, we get to that place of just wanting to know and experience what is safe. So how do we feel? How do we get to the place where we feel that? Well, the writer actually continues. He invites us into this word picture. He kind of says, imagine that you are a pilgrim on your way from your distant home to the city where God is said to dwell. And as you come into that space, you see Mount Zion, the mountain that everybody believes is the place where heaven and earth intersect together. In other words, it is the place where God's presence is on full display. And that place itself is surrounded by other mountains that can help keep enemies and problems at bay. It's as if the writer is saying that in God's presence and purpose we are doubly secure because God is there and we're in His presence, but He also surrounds us like an immovable mountain range. And as we grow in awareness of that, well, we actually start to feel the safety that He promises us. The ancients had to travel a long way in order to see and experience something like that, but in this season of resurrection, we remember that we don't have to go to a mountain to experience God's presence. No, the presence of God is on full display and is in flesh and blood in the person of Jesus, Jesus who lived and died and rose again for us. And when we enter into relationship with Jesus, well, it's there and then that we encounter the presence and purpose of God as never before. And where you and me, no matter what we are facing or encountering, where we can have the very same Spirit who raised Christ Jesus from the dead alive in us. And that, friends, is where we begin to feel the safety. That God promises to us. You know, I remember a family trip I got to take a couple years ago when we were still allowed to take family trips to places, and on this particular occasion our family went to experience Niagara Falls together. Niagara Falls had been on my bucket list for a long time and I was so excited to get to do this with my little family. I remember deciding that we were going to go on the Behind the Falls tour. And so we got in line and had been discussing with our kids how exciting it was to go underground and then behind these incredible waterfalls, this display of God's power. But my daughter, who is fairly afraid of elevators, discovered that the only way to get down the 125 feet below the surface was to take an elevator there. And so as we're getting ready to buy our tickets to this attraction, she has a category 7 meltdown in front of the whole world, starting to declare that she is not going to go down that death tube 125 feet below the surface of the earth. Now, I was really frustrated. I was embarrassed because this is happening in front of a crowd, and I wanted this experience with my family. So. I, not all that gently, pulled her aside and asked her what in the world was going on. And she began to express to me how very afraid she was. And so once cooler heads prevailed, I I asked her a few questions. One of them was if I had ever taken her someplace that she thought was dangerous and I wasn't there with her. And she said, no, that had never happened. I asked her if she wanted to have an experience so that our whole family could remember this great opportunity, and she said, sort of, I do, and I asked her finally if she trusted me, and she said yes. So then I asked if she would be willing, knowing I was going with her and I had never taken her someplace that she felt was dangerous, that we wouldn't come out okay on the other side. I asked her if she would go with me into that adventure and see what happened. And I will never forget what happened as she looked up from where she was with tears drying in her eyes and simply said these words, I trust you, so I will try. And then... She did, and we had a great experience. It wasn't without its bumps and bruises, but it was a really great opportunity for us that she went through and remembers to this day as a great experience. I think that's a really good picture for some of us as we encounter things that we're afraid of even here and now. We understand this, that God is with us. That in the presence and purpose of God, we are safe. And He never leads us through something that seems dangerous, where we're not going to come out okay on the other side. How we define that and what we expect in that, well, He may want to shape that for us. But the reality is, you and I, at any time, can look, because of who Jesus is and what He has done, we can look into the eyes of the Father and say, I trust you. So I will try to walk through what it is that you have before me, confident that in His presence and in His purpose, we are safe. The reality is we are really only safe in God's presence and purpose. Because you know those big heavy blankets that we try to wrap ourselves in that make us feel safe? again the circumstances and situations of life that come they cut right through those and we discover that all that we've built and all that we've worked for sometimes just isn't enough for us to feel safe and secure but the truth is because of God's presence and purpose it's there that we truly are safe and secure that we can rest confident in knowing that no matter the circumstance he is at work in them that It's not that God's presence and purpose are safe in spite of our circumstances, but He is safe within the circumstances that we face. And I believe for you and for me, He is in this time inviting us into a whole new kind of living in His presence and purpose together. In fact, in the psalm, the writer continues this way. He says, "O Lord, Do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with you. That's being safe. That's knowing the safety and security of the presence and purpose of God. And then he says, But banish those who turn to crooked ways, O Lord. And I believe what he's speaking about there, that the crooked ways there are actually our own ways, the ways that take us away from God's heart, from his purpose and his presence. And you see, I think sometimes when we try to build our own places of safety, we do that in a way that moves us away from God's true purpose and from His presence for us. So how are we then to know and discover what it looks like to dwell, to rest, to trust in that space of His presence and His purpose? You know, Pastor Sean last week beautifully helped us understand that we move from knowing God to loving God, to trusting Him, to obeying Him, and then we know Him all the more. And that's still the invitation here today, that we would be people who, because of the safety and security that are true in God's purpose and presence, that we would be people of faithful risk, that we would be those who go where He leads us, understanding that The safety He promises isn't just to be pulled aside and hunkered down with those we know and love, but actually to live out His great design. We get a picture of what that great design is at the very last line of this psalm, when the psalmist says, May Israel, O Lord, have peace. I think you could take that prayer and actually put your own name there, or your family's name, the name of your city or community or workplace, may they, O oh Lord, have peace. And understand this, that the peace that's being spoken of there, it is not the absence of challenge or conflict, but the very presence of God himself, the presence of God that brings things to wholeness and to flourishing, to that space where we can rest confident knowing he is at work. You see, as you and I experience the presence and purpose of God and we know the safety that is there, His invitation to us is to now go and be people who offer that presence and purpose, to go and be those who offer the way of wholeness and flourishing that says no matter what is happening in the world around us, God is present, He is at work, and He is doing great things. So here's my question for you. For me, one that I've been asking over these last several weeks. What is your next step into the presence and purpose of God? What's your next step into that presence and purpose? You know, we only have access to it through the work that Jesus has done and because of who He is. So maybe your next step is simply receiving the gift that Jesus offers entering into relationship with Him, and there you will find an invitation to presence and purpose as never before. You will discover, I promise, true safety and security like you have never even thought could be possible. Maybe that's your next step. Perhaps You've been resisting some opportunities that God wants to bring your way in this time because you haven't been confident that you're actually safe and secure in His purpose and presence. And He's inviting you to release those expectations and to rest in what He is doing. Perhaps for you it's moving from knowing to loving to trusting to obeying, offering Hope, offering peace, offering his presence and purpose to those right now in your inner circle who are in need of it. I don't know what your next step into the presence and purpose of God is, but he knows, and I believe he has been bringing that to your mind throughout our time together today, inviting you into a space of purpose, of adventure, yes, of safety and security, unlike any other. I invite you, take that step and see and discover all that it is that God has for you. Earlier in the book of Psalms, we read a statement, a prayer, something that I think sums up our conversation really well here today. It's something that you and I experience when we take that next step into God's purpose and presence. It's this. Psalm 4.8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, will keep me safe. My prayer for you and for my family is that we would experience God's presence and purpose as never before. We would see Him at work confident that He is with us, He surrounds us, He goes before us. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Spirit, you are good. Your love and your mercy endure forever. We know that you see each of us in the circumstances and situations that we're in. We know that you see what we cannot. And so we ask here, right now, that you would show us what it is to step more deeply into your presence and purpose. Lord, with the faith of a child, allow us to say, we trust you, and so we will try. We trust you, and we ask you to reveal that you are with us, that you are going before us, that you never lead us into spaces where you are not confident of what's on the other side. Lord, I pray that you would allow each of us to be people of courage and strength, to be people of your presence and purpose who offer hope, who offer life, who rest in who you are and who give the peace that passes understanding as we interact with those near and far. In these days and on this day, we pray that you would have your way. in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
2: Psalm 131 says, My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. But I have stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Oh, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, both now and forevermore. What a great reminder to quiet ourselves before the Lord and rest in his presence. So we're gonna sing a song now that's all about that invitation that God invites us each into, to let it all go and to put our trust in him. So I wanna invite you during this song to cry out to God and tell him that all we want, all we desire is in him. So let's posture ourselves before God now with our hands open to him as a symbol of our desire to let it go and to receive the rest that he offers to each of us.
4: I don't have the context For that kind of love I don't understand I can't comprehend All I know is I need you I have run to the Father Fall to grace I'm done with the hiding No reason to wait My heart my soul needs a friend, so I run to the Father again and again and again and again. Oh.
3: your mercy is calling out just as i am you pull me in and i know i need you now i'll run to the father i fall into grace i'm done with the hiding no reason to soul needs a friend so i run to the father again and again i run to the father i fall into grace i'm done with the hiding the no reason to wait. my heart found a surgeon my soul found a friend so i run to the father Porque, oh.
7: So thankful that we have a father that we can run to again and again and again a God who always welcomes us into his open arms where we can find safety and security in his presence and then we can step into our purpose in him and if you want to start that journey with God today we'd love to invite you to just take out your phone and you can text the word look to 309-250-2007 again that word is look and we would love to start that journey with you today.
1: We've been so grateful for the opportunity to journey with many of you who have, who have started that journey by texting or responding in our church online platform. It's such an honor and privilege for us to be able to partner with you in your spiritual journey with God. And we're so grateful for so many of you who continue to partner with us through your generous support financially, Um, your contributions of time and energy and prayer. We truly are more together, even in these times. And so um, we're just grateful that none of us are doing this alone. You know, this whole conversation we've been been having about Look Up is just so important for us to remember as we encounter circumstances that are strange, that are challenging, that are unfamiliar, Um, just this invitation that we can look up to the hills, from where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. So many of the songs that we've been singing have been talking about taking whatever we're encountering and just offering it back to our Lord, our King as praise. And so we just invite you to continue doing that. You know, um, as we look ahead in the coming week, this is your PSA, friends. (laughs) Mother's Day is coming this weekend. I know it's been super hard to keep track of what day is it, but yes, Mother's Day is coming this weekend. And so we want to remind you to appreciate your moms, to appreciate the women in your life who have been like moms to you. And we want to say, moms, we see you. And we look forward to being with you this coming weekend as we start a new conversation together.
7: We know that many of you are watching with your whole family today, which is great. We encourage you to, to sit down and to engage with your family as you worship together. It's one of the great gifts of the season that we're in today. And if you're anything like my family, uh, the kids tend to kind of like go away as, as service continues on and their attention span wanes. But I'd really encourage you just to, to get your family back together. Call the kids over, because um, what we're going to do in these next couple minutes is, is show a uh, brief video about the whole entire story of Psalms and it's in this cool comic book style and so I think it's going to be a really great way for your kids to understand and and hear about the whole story of what Psalms is trying to tell us.
1: We know that many of you engage with, with information in different ways and so there's great value in providing visual depictions of things as well as auditory, but we've also got some creative ways for you to interact with Psalms. Um, as well and so you can go to our note guide and download some coloring sheets as well as in the church online platform in our notes section Uh, you can just download those and color away coloring is for all ages it's a great stress reliever it's a great way to create something beautiful even in the midst of maybe some challenge and it just kind of takes your mind off things so we encourage you to do that as well
7: If you're looking for ways to continue to journey with us, with your family, we'd love for you just to follow Heritage Kids QC on all the different social media platforms. They have great experiences, games, and other fun activities for you to do as a family to learn more about Christ and more about each other as you journey together. So glad that you were with us today.
8: We've been talking about poetry in the Bible, how biblical poets love design and masterfully use metaphor and symbolism. These poems invite us into an experience to ponder ideas slowly and from many angles. And
5: the largest collection of poetry in the Bible is the book of Psalms. So that is what we are going to look at
8: here. Now, the Israelites composed lots of poetry throughout their history.
5: Yeah, poems were written by Israelites, sages, kings, and prophets. Some poems were sung by choirs in the Jerusalem temple while others were prayed by families at home. And over the centuries, the most important and widely read poems were compiled together to be read
8: or sung on special occasions. And I am familiar with books of poetry, a large collection of the greatest poems in one place and I can read through and pick my favorites. But the book of Psalms is not that kind of
5: collection. Here, each poem has been expertly crafted and then placed where it is for a reason, to create a storyline from the book's beginning to its end. The Psalms poetically retell the entire biblical story and they invite you into a literary temple.
8: A literary temple?
5: Yeah, so the tabernacle and then later the temple in Jerusalem were where ancient Israelites went to meet with God. When you arrived, you would see art and imagery everywhere. You would see priests performing rituals. You would hear songs and prayers. All of it symbolically proclaiming that your God rules the world from this mountain and you are in
8: his living room. So the temple was a place to be in God's presence and also to immerse yourself in the story of God's kingdom. Exactly. And so, Try to
5: imagine how traumatic it was when the Babylonians invaded Jerusalem, plundered and burned the temple, and then took many Israelites into exile.
8: Yeah, where can they go now to meet with God, to sing their story and say their prayers? That is where the book of Psalms comes in. It is a prayer book for exiles
5: designed as a virtual temple. You enter the Psalms to meet with God and to hear the entire biblical story of God's kingdom sung back to you in poetry. Cool, but how does the Psalms do it? Let us start with the book's design. There are 150 poems broken up into five clear sections. At the beginning, there has been placed a short introduction, Psalms 1 and 2, which lay out the main themes of the whole book by reviewing the
8: biblical storyline. Okay. Psalm 1 looks back to the Garden of Eden and its river of life. Yeah, God placed humanity in a garden temple. and Here, humans decide to define good and evil on their own terms and so are exiled from the garden.
5: But the first psalm paints a portrait of hope about an upright human who delights in God's wisdom, which is called Torah or instruction. This person is like the tree of life in the garden temple. They eternally blossom because they are planted in the river of God's life.
8: Yeah, that is beautiful, but who is it supposed to be?
5: Well, remember that story in Genesis. After humanity's foolish rebellion, God made a promise.
8: Oh right, a future human, the seed of the woman who would come and defeat evil and restore the world. And that is what Psalm 2
5: is about. God's promise that a king would come from the line of David. He's called the Son of God and the Messiah. God appoints him to bring justice on human evil and to restore God's kingdom and peace over the nations.
8: So Psalms 1 and 2 introduce all
5: these main themes. Yes, and then the book develops those themes through the five sections. The first two explore the complicated story of David and his royal family. The third section focuses on the tragedy of Israel's exile and the downfall of David's royal line. But then the fourth and fifth sections rekindle the hope for the Messiah, a new temple, and God's kingdom on the other side of the exile. Then the book ends with a five-part conclusion praising God for his faithfulness.
8: Cool. Now, nearly half of the Psalms are connected to one guy, King David, who God chose to rule Israel. Yes,
5: David's story is really important in this book. He experienced many times of hardship, but he trusted God with radical faith. And In these poems, David shares his fears, confesses his failures, and offers thanks to his Redeemer. And he's constantly speaking of a deep longing to be in God's presence in the temple. But
8: wait, David lived before the temple was even built.
5: Exactly. This portrait of David, hoping and praying for God's kingdom and a future temple, it resembles the hopes of the later generations of the exiles.
8: And so, David's prayers could become theirs as well. David's like a prayer coach, giving us words for how to pray and how to discover God's presence in good times and bad.
5: Exactly. There are 73 poems connected to David, but most of the rest come from later generations of biblical poets, and they have learned to pray and hope like David. And so the end result is the Book of Psalms, designed as a virtual temple for all generations of God's people.
8: This isn't a kind of book you just read once and put down.
5: No, it's designed for a lifetime of slow rereading and reflection. These prayers and laments and songs of praise are meant to become our own, they're poems for exiles who are learning to live by God's wisdom and to seek God's justice in the world as they hope for the coming Messiah and the kingdom of God.